Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Here we are once again, Handbook for Humanity, in person this time. <laughs> but here today in studio is myself, Colby, Mr. Tom. Hey, out there in podcast land. Good to be back. Mm-hmm. And Miss Becky. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> uh, so Della's not with us, but in her place, we have a special guest, Miss Emma Porsche. Hi, y'all. I said it correctly. <laughs> this is kind of a continuation of our series, or if we want to call it a series, mm-hmm. of local students from John Paul the Great High School Yes. that completed a capstone project. So Emma, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself, tell us who you are and where you're from and what you're up to. Thank you. So as Colby said, my name is Emma Porcho. I am born and raised from Brobridge, Louisiana. Um, I've gone to Catholic school my entire life. Um, and one of the greatest things that touched me about being a JPG student was um, the culture on JPG's campus. And I think that came from the intentionality of having a perpetual adoration chapel. Mm. Um, it allowed us to form a community, not only with each other, but with our Lord um, at any moment of the day. Um, the classical education was something that really was intentional for my education in a way that made it matter for me. Um, making all of our subjects connect in a way that meant something was truly transformative in the way that I learned. Um, our small class sizes and authentically Catholic perspective prepared me for my college decision um, and attending Franu in Baton Rouge. Franu is Franciscan Missionaries for Our Lady University, not Franciscan of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. We get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a seamless transition because Franu is also small classes, authentically Catholic identity, um, and just a genuine mission to serve and form leaders ready to go into the world as St. Francis did, to serve with a heart of spirit, I mean, a heart of um, service um, for all that we encounter. And I believe that my experience at JPG, um, my education, the way I was formed intellectually, allowed my heart to be formed in a way that made intentional connections with my friends on campus. I've made friends that I couldn't have imagined and on a level of intentionality that I could have could have never dreamed of. Um, So I have all of that to thank from JPG. Uh, I'm currently a biology major at FreeNU. I have always loved to protect and encourage the dignity of women, um, and that manifested in a desire for medical research with a focus on women's health and infertility. Mm. I actually work for a grief support ministry called Redbird Ministries. We serve parents of loss. Um, from miscarriage to through adult loss. And for me, um, serving the families who have had miscarriage and infertility, those are the families that hit my heart the hardest because they're not only grieving the loss of their child, but also 
almost not receiving answers. Like, mm. why, mm-hmm. why is this a part of my life? Why can I not conceive? Um, so it's always been a dream of mine. I see a, a need for women to find these answers. So to journey intentionally with them is something that would make my heart so full. That's amazing. And I think uh, even within, I mean, an infertility and fertility is one of the most intimate things about who we are as people. Mm-hmm. And so to have uncertainty around yeah. that question about ourselves is very difficult and challenging for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yes. And the problem is the medical community, so often it's about here's a pill, here's your yeah. symptoms, mm-hmm. and hope you feel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, like even I have other health conditions and mm-hmm. had similar treatments where the doctors are like, we don't know what's going on. Here's something that can help you feel better. Exactly. Good luck. Let us know if you need us. Exactly. Well, I do need you, and that's why I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so to have that aspiration and work with the ministry and help people with, again, that most intimate part of who they are mm-hmm. is crucial. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because something that was unique about Frey and you is that I, in conjunction with my biology major, am getting an ethics and theology minor. And I feel like going into the medical field, that'll be so influential to the career I want um, because infertility can be very unethical. So having that background, I think will prepare me to have charity in conversations with doctors who would prescribe birth control for a, a concern that doesn't need birth control. Sure. Mm-hmm. Biology, theology, and ethics. Yes, sir. I don't think you're aspirational enough. We'll say that. <laughs> 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 So how about we shift a little bit and we invited you to share. So from your experience at JPG, all students uh, are asked to provide a capstone project as part of graduation. Mm -hmm. And so how about you maybe take a few minutes to share what was your chosen topic for your capstone Mm -hmm. and why you chose it? Great. So I'll quickly read my thesis and then talk about why I'm so intentionally loved my topic so my thesis was the apparent complementarity of men and women as taught by jp2 is supported by science that shows that the male and female brain complement each other biologically and psychologically i have always loved theology of the body and this love for tob was heightened so much in my moral theology class in high school Um, But what really sparked my interest in my capstone was I was curious about how complementarity became external. We participate in complementary action, but where in the body is that formed? Like my biggest question was, how do our intellect and our will lead us to be complementary? I want it, and I also, one of the biggest things with my capstone was because I love complementarity so much, it's, it's usually just in this Catholic field of, we talk about complementarity because of JP2, but I wanted complementarity to be something that all of society could connect to. So it, I wanted it to be men and women can complement each other because of this scientific reason as well as an emotional reason. Um, yes. <laughs> So we have a prior episode with Brian Butler mm-hmm. that we go through the context and the differences between complementarity and competition. Mm. Yes. And yes. like I shared in our recent anniversary episode, that's one of my favorites. Because hmm. as a young husband and young father, mm-hmm. this idea of complimenting my wife and her complimenting me is mm-hmm. 
it's necessary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if we don't get it right, we don't get mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. So I did quick the research. Mm-hmm. We've got to throw in our word in a moment. Uh, but compliment, a lot of people think it's like um, being respectful or like working together. I think you could dig down to a little deeper in that it actually means to complete something. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then mint or mens mm. or mens rea and like a lot of other places like mens is of the mind. So mm-hmm. like you're talking about like the mind, mm-hmm. men and women. And so being of the same mind mm-hmm. or at least being on the same page, right? That's a common term people say. Yeah. Uh, helps you actually make progress on things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also go ahead and toss in our, our standard, you know, business analogy, but like in the business world to look at strengths and weaknesses of people you work with or with your manager or even coworkers, mm-hmm. the, the trend now is for people to recognize what their strengths and weaknesses are and then partner with people who complement those strengths or weaknesses. Because mm-hmm. if not, if you're having competition internally with your team or with someone else, then it's going to cause issue with your work. Mm-hmm. I think it applies to relationships too. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That was at the end of my capstone. One of the last things I touched on was how complementarity is necessary outside of marriage and the family because we still function in friendships, in community, in classrooms, all together, and our gifts and our talents and the way our brains function and throughout our body are meant to be worked together mm-hmm. outside of marriage as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you did a good job of, I watched the presentation, so it was you did a real good job of Thank bringing you. that out. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So how about we take a second to maybe shift gears and dive a little deeper. Uh, so again, it's Hand Before Humanity. We're speaking with Emma Porsche on her capstone project from mm-hmm. her time at John Paul the Great. And now let's maybe dive a little deeper. And can you give us, uh, we kind of touched it a little bit and, you know, just a minute ago, but some synopsis of the content of what you found mm-hmm. in your research. Mm-hmm. And then after that, maybe what's one or two things that have stuck with you the most? Mm. Yeah. So I actually rewatched my capstone to prep. <laughs> and on, okay. It's been a while. I was doing the same thing. I'll, like, I'll do that too. I was like, what did I say? Exactly. <laughs> and I hadn't watched my capstone since I presented it. Like, mm. I never watched the video. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Glad to have given you the occasion. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but just, it was beautiful co- to come back to it a year later. Mm. knowing how much I've learned about being in relationship complementarity and just being on a frame use such a medical based yeah. campus like we're all medical based majors so you'll hear like one of my friends was studying for an AMP exam on the brain the other day and mm-hmm. I was spitting out facts right along with them and I'm not in AMP mm-hmm. so it's a lot of fun to come back with new knowledge mm. to a topic that I love so much um, and one of the things that I pointed out first in the presentation and the, the starting point of the research was that if this idea of complementarity is spiritual, where is it physically? And like I said, how does it happen externally? So my first thought was, what causes complementarity to act? How do you act complementary? And so I first had to differentiate between the brain and the mind So that was an interesting part of my research. Mm -hmm. But first talking about the brain. So all the same brain pieces and parts are there. Like your cerebellum, your cerebrum, your brain stem. That's all going to be standard in your brain. 
you can't function without them. But the way they are shaped, used, do you use this half or this half, all those components lend to the male brain being more systematic while the female brain being more empathetic. And I thought that was a very, very important distinction that you can just see mm-hmm. in normal conversation. Yes. In any act, interaction mm-hmm. you have with a male or a female, you can tell brain function is very different. Um, so, um, yes. And one of, part of my research was that I was looking at a, an article from Dr. Shaw from Stanford Medicine, and he was talking about how just because our brain structure and function is different doesn't mean one is better than the other. Like, because just mm-hmm. because men can computate math or process something visually quicker than a woman can doesn't mean his brain is a higher quality or working faster working better anything of that matter because a woman is more apt to writing speaking building community because that is how her brain structure and function lends toward her gifts um so women usually cultivate a more long-term relationship and aspect of their brain function while men are more visual um they're more able to remember a face or a name while a woman is more able to remember a quality about someone Mm. and i think that's really interesting Mm -hmm. in the way that women build community um and something that was really jaw-dropping i want to say in my research was when looking at the two hemispheres of the brain they're both there in the man and the woman they're the same but women have more intrahemispheric connection while men have more front to back communication in their brains Mm -hmm. and i was actually presenting my capstone to father blake dubrock preparing and he i finished my capstone presentation he sat there he was like huh It's really interesting thinking about the connectivity of the hemispheres because if you'll pay attention, women, when they talk to each other, they make eye contact Mm -hmm. and they sit and they talk to you. They face you like their hemispheres do. They're connected (laughs) with you. That's a great observation. But a man, when he's talking to you, most likely, if two men are talking, I think of men outside of mass, all the dads huddled around. They're not often facing each other looking each other in the eye. Their body language is often outward and facing the world so they can look and observe everything while still being in community mm. with the men around them. That's <laughs> great. I'm laughing because right. I could share some things that my wife would not be pleased with. But <laughs> Yeah, so. Wow. So like when I was in, oh, was it fifth grade, sixth grade? Mm-hmm. I got an award from a teacher that said, most likely to not be paying attention in class, but still pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's exactly what you're saying right <gasps> and uh i remember you know like living on my own or in college or whatever i'll be able to watch and pay attention to television shows while also doing other things yeah mm-hmm. yeah she does not like that at all mm-hmm. if we're watching a show we're watching a you show you need to be exactly. all in exactly yes. nothing else is happening <laughs> yeah what about what about the driving aspect i, oh, I, yeah. I get oh that. my gosh Where, you know my head is like it's on a swivel like i'm i drive from left to right you know and and my wife, Lisa, lovely person. 
<laughs> she uh, sometimes uh, asks me to continue to look forward uh-huh. in my driving, you know? So it's like, well, I could see where you're going. And if you've ever been in Lafayette on Johnson Street, it's very <laughs> important to pay attention to what's in front of you because it will be stopping quickly, yes. uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So she helps me out while I drive. But uh, that certainly, that was the picture that came to mind when mm-hmm. you were describing that. Mm-hmm. So incredible. Or when you're driving across the basin, I can see the alligators down in the spillway oh, yeah. mm-hmm. while driving. And she's like, please pay attention to the road. Yeah, and she could read uh, <laughs> license plates for like 10 miles because uh-huh. she's been looking straight ahead the whole time. <laughs> right? Well, that's exactly. very fascinating. It also makes me ask, have you ever seen the video? I'm hoping to get his name right. Dr. Philip Mango mm-hmm. has a comedic presentation of what you just said. So if you go to YouTube, type in, I think, Dr. Philip Mango. Uh, I can't remember the exact terms. But he does like a comedic educational component. Really? Explaining the difference between male and female brains. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. And we'll give away everything, but he describes men's brains as there are boxes. Okay. And women's brains are like wires. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. I've heard it described as um, Chester drawers mm-hmm. <laughs> and spaghetti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, but we'll link that, Dr. Yeah. Mango, under the episode. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a phenomenal segue into what I was going to say next because (laughs) this idea of um, trans hemispheric communication in the female brain allows her to be more connected connect her feelings to her words and she's better able to voice them which leads to community right Mm -hmm. while men have more compartmentalization in their brains they have more intrahemispheric frontal lobe modulization so their frontal lobe is what really i love doing the hand motions <laughs> because it makes so much more sense like interfering outward okay but um on the podcast we can't see that uh, i know radio land but it, it's happening here in the studio <laughs> so the, the men who are visual we, yeah. we see it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so that that frontal lobe modulization allows men to be more rational mm-hmm. it allows them to think critically and be emotionally detached which allows him to make tough decisions for the family or to go out and work and have to leave his family behind at home for the day. Um, While women are more um, staying in the home to nurture. um, And if we are out working, we are thinking about the other members of the family most of the day. Yes, yes. (laughs) While we're doing our work a Mm -hmm. lot of times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some men, myself included, I've heard mm-hmm. someone say that, like, when they're working, like, they're so focused on what's in front of them that nothing else exists. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've had some dads say that the kids accuse them of ignoring them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because they're so focused on what's in front of them, reading mm-hmm. or trying to finish a paper or something mm-hmm. that they just don't yeah. hear what's outside I've, of them. I've often that talked about, yeah, all the benefits of having my father work at home, but I can relate to that because when we walk into his office and start talking to him, it was like as if we were not there, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of turn around like, Papa didn't even hear me, you know, but, it, but I mean, that was, he was yeah. focused. He had yeah. to and think about it. He was so close to the house, right? Mm-hmm. All the children in and out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then mm-hmm. to segue more into that JP2's idea of complementarity, thinking more about that, how women's brains connect intrahemispherically and they make the eye contact and the build community that way and how men go outward from their brain and into the world. I drew this connection between the marital act, how men go outside of themselves mm-hmm. to receive a woman while a woman stays inside of herself to nurture and cultivate new life. So it's just this fluidity throughout the whole body, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, 
that the Lord was so intricate with that blew my mind. Mm. It it was the bow that tied the whole project together. That's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's refreshing Mm -hmm. and affirming Mm -hmm. to hear you share that experience because I think anyone that's gone through any type of TOB Mm -hmm. class experience Mm -hmm. maybe has a similar um, kind of moment Mm -hmm. when you realize the analogy or the image and the things communicated through our bodies Mm -hmm. that can be related or detailed into very complex Mm -hmm. ideas or truths. Mm -hmm. And it makes it seem so simple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of that, and it's I think it's one of the beauties of this teaching and our blessed mm-hmm. Pope Saint, and mm-hmm. that what he took years to try to share with us, mm-hmm. oftentimes resonates so easily. Mm-hmm. It's that echo. Yes, that echo. <laughs> yes. That we all feel, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way, that's yeah. that's why it's on us to evangelize and share this message because right. I don't say it's easy, but I know for a lot of people, when you have that conversation, it is so logical in how we are mm-hmm. because it's the human experience. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And we're all humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least we think we are, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But even maybe calling back to like something we like kind of opened with where you said like you're interested in medical research and, mm-hmm. and other stuff. I've had conversation with several friends about contraceptive pills or contraception mm-hmm. and and oftentimes it's so easily prescribed and just accepted but then the further probing conversation as to other risk or other considerations never had exactly and so exactly. just having a simple conversation about us being human mm-hmm. our bodies the function of those bodies and then the mechanism that those things are doing mm-hmm. like oh wait that isn't in accord with what my body is trying to do exactly mm-hmm. exactly uh and so how about we yeah we started with again introducing yourself sharing that you uh, are pursuing education and stuff around <clears throat> um helping other women understand these things mm-hmm. seems to be a common theme with a lot of our guests <laughs> yes. but it's again it's great to have so many people of diverse approaches diverse backgrounds and mm-hmm. and trying to we tackle this huge issue that so many Mm -hmm. people experience and then you shared some some details about kind of content and and why you chose that Mm -hmm. and we'll kind of hit a pause and maybe take a quick break but then when we come back Mm -hmm. to the next part of our conversation we'll dive into uh, maybe taking some of the examples we shared and the analogies and maybe dive into more personal application Mm -hmm. like because we said these are complex things but how do they really apply to us Mm And so we'll hop into some more kind of application or experience-based things, either for our audience to maybe connect with or mm-hmm. things that are relevant for you or for us. And so um, from a personal level, what was it like for you to kind of create this capstone project? Mm-hmm. And then how has it influenced your life and your relationships personally? Because we kind of approach these things as more like a vocational, like how mm-hmm. do we help other people, but mm-hmm. how has this impacted you personally? Yeah. So... As a senior in high school, trying to, first of all, comprehend the brain Mm -hmm. was a challenge in itself. And then to be able to explain it in a way that made sense was really difficult. Even the first 
speaking draft of my capstone was i think 30 minutes long and they have to be 12 minutes yeah i just had so much i wanted to share i wanted Mm -hmm. to share every detail like these parts of the brain are really important to these functions how you complement each other yada 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 but i couldn't do that Mm. so to break it down in a more applicable way was really an interesting experience because it made it more tangible like you never think about what your brain is doing as you're doing things Mm. obviously because you're not you're just your brain's doing it for you think about thinking exactly yes exactly you never mm-hmm. think about metacognition thinking. love mm-hmm. that word exactly <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so that yeah. was a very interesting aspect and then to add complementarity on top of it to grow in a topic that i've loved for so many years was truly a fruitful experience and i think it was essential to the phase of life i was in because transitioning from high school to college it's not easy um so to do so to ground myself somewhere that meant so much to me the year before I made such a big transition Mm -hmm. has been majorly influential Mm -hmm. to the way I've carried myself, to the way I've interacted with other people, to the way I've Mm -hmm. formed friendships with everyone on campus. Mm -hmm. I was even speaking to a friend the other day and uh, I actually brought up one of the topics I was talking about in my capstone and uh, out of nowhere, we both go, yeah, yeah, uh, JP2's idea of... uh, um, integrated feminine masculine heart or feminine integrated no feminine integrated masculine heart and masculine integrated feminine heart like we were both such on the same page about it (laughs) and then we had a 20 minute conversation about it and it was wonderful because i was able to take the intentional time to form myself in these Mm -hmm. ideas Mm -hmm. before going to college yes and i think it just allowed me to be more intentional with the woman i am so i could be a better friend to other men Mm. so like i presented at the end of my capstone talking about how essential these relationships are outside of marriage they're just as important in friendship yes Mm -hmm. especially in college Mm -hmm. i think we have a very unique opportunity as young catholics to create a new culture of friendship an identity rooted in these ideas of TOB mm-hmm. and not just strictly for I'm going to will your good because I want to marry you. I want to will your good because God created you good. Mm. You are good. I want that for you. Mm-hmm. So this capstone was a huge jumping off point for that. Even just thought process. Like when I encounter someone seeing them as the man or woman God created them to be rather than a friend of utility or a friend of pleasure on campus. Mm-hmm. Like just that point of seeing them as a person invites an opportunity for friendship of virtue. Which is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like the, the problematic question a lot of people have when they maybe dive into those things is mm-hmm. you, you eventually get to the point of asking yourself, well, can men and women be friends? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and I hate when people say no. <laughs> yeah. That's so <laughs> not right. <laughs> but but you said a word yes, that is like utility mm-hmm. of friendship mm-hmm. or utility, and it's I think when you ask that question, it's it's almost like you look at relationships as a utility. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead yeah. of starting yeah. with a person. I was mm-hmm. even on a retreat this past weekend with Fran Yu, and we talked about the three types of friendship, mm-hmm. and something when I began to study the three types of friendship that I didn't understand was that all three are good. When you think about, oh, friendship of utility or friendship of pleasure, you think 
but they're not as good as friendship of virtue. What do they have to belong in my life? Mm. But those friends you have in class that you just study with, they are good. Mm -hmm. They are good for your education. They are good for the phase of life you are in now. Those friendships that you just have a good conversation with when you pass each other in the hall, those are good. Those are good for your happiness. Mm -hmm. Those are good for the connections that you build because you cannot have, you can't just have a friendship of virtue. You don't just walk up to someone and say, hey, we're friends of virtue. <laughs> you have to build that friendship first, and it starts with utility and pleasure. So going into those conversations with these ideas of complementarity, knowing you can get to that point, and knowing that not everyone does, mm-hmm. right? knowing that you're not meant to be friends of virtue with everyone mm-hmm. is essential also, because having friends of virtue is not something to be done lightly or freely, or not freely, um, so mindlessly, like any friendship you build, if you're building a friendship with a woman or a man, you will compliment each other in some way. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to think that women compliment each other in a friendship better than a man would compliment her in a friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's something that just hit me probably this year because it's really difficult to have a good virtuous friendship with a man in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you get to college and everyone's almost seeking that virtue of friendship or just building a maturity, it's easier to see complementarity in a way that really matters. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll share something and make it very direct and translatable for mm-hmm. people that might be listening. Mm-hmm. And it's, we've said the raw materials of attraction mm-hmm. like desire mm-hmm. goodwill mm-hmm. and so it's truth goodness and beauty mm-hmm. so when you encounter a new person there's something fascinating about them mm-hmm. yeah that's why you're attracted to them there are good things about them mm-hmm. but the trick can come in is how you hold on to or how you use that initial attraction mm-hmm. so sure. as, as men you're gonna be attracted to a lot of different women mm-hmm. as women you might be attracted to a lot of different men mm-hmm. that initial spark can initiate that friendship Mm-hmm. but it takes maturity. It takes recognizing the dignity of the other person as to mm-hmm. what type of friendship that will be. Exactly. Yes. And you should never assume things. Mm-hmm. That's you should true. always ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you, you will be attracted to someone when you first meet them because mm-hmm. that's, that's how we get to know other people. Exactly. But when you don't recognize what it is and take it too far mm-hmm. or make assumptions, you know what they say when you make assumptions. Mm-hmm. The bad news bears summarize it. I won't say it on the on the show. But you eventually also get to a point, you said friends and virtue, to where you have like legitimate interest in each other's good mm-hmm. and that you have an understanding and are on the same page as to what your friendship is. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point of DTR for most people. And it could be romantic. It could be platonic. Mm-hmm. But being on the same page as to what type of friendship you have is crucial. I actually even have that conversation with some of my close guy friends mm-hmm. occasionally mm-hmm. where if we don't talk for a while or we 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 do talk on a regular basis, it's like we, we kind of set expectations as to what our friendship is. Mm-hmm. I'll be human. I'll admit I've never been the perfect friend for a lot of people. Hmm. I've yeah. hurt people mm-hmm. because their expectations of our friendship was different than mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they expected more. I didn't give. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. I expected more and they didn't give. Mm-hmm. Right. So like even amongst men to men and women to women, like understanding your friendships is, is important. It is yeah. important. And then mm-hmm. when you do actually have an engagement with someone on a romantic level and to be a partner, it leads to itself that your relationships with 
others of that same sex are going to materially change. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember before I got married, I had several other women in my life that were very, very close personal friends, Mm -hmm. friends of virtue. Mm -hmm. And understandably, those relationships had to change. Sure. Mm -hmm. In a very dramatic way. Mm -hmm. And we had those conversations. Hey, we're not going to be hanging out as often anymore. We're not going to have these types of conversations anymore. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I think understanding, I don't say like you have to make all your friendships complicated and you have to like always be stating your mind <laughs> to your yeah. friends. But what you're saying, I think is crucial in like understanding how men and women see mm-hmm. and perceive things differently. Mm-hmm. And then knowing those things so that you can actually have the appropriate friendships. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so I guess I'll maybe open up any of us have an example of maybe something in your life of how complementarity of either engaging of a friend with the same sex or even the opposite sex has been a good example. Um, I, I tell you, I can see um, in going back um, into the work world, um, you do get put into situations where you're spending a lot of time together with, yes. um, mm-hmm. with the opposite sex. And in working on projects, I could definitely see where that could lend itself to the wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, that's so much the the material of, of Hollywood in the world, sure. and I, I think they do take that in a lot of situations from um, real life as, mm-hmm. as it goes into that. But um, I guess curiosity, throwing it back to Emma real quick on <laughs> this, is in in the in in light of your age, and I, I'm just curious to see moving out because a, a lot of it for me is looking backwards in my experience in my in my life at my mm-hmm. age but looking forward with this knowledge that you have and you've gained through through your capstone and through your time at JPG um, what do you see maybe in a difference um, and not maybe pointing out somebody specifically but mm-hmm. um, that without this information um, you see different actions um, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. folks, and it could be, um, you know, people who have crossed your path. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that maybe now that you're equipped with it, you could maybe see some stumbling blocks not not coming in your path. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, remembering that complementarity goes both ways, obviously. So if if you're willing to receive someone, but they're not willing to receive you you're not going to have like a a good friendship of virtue, even a good friendship in the first place. So complementarity can be difficult in that aspect. But a way that I can see the goodness and complementarity of, I'll talk about women because women can be very cutthroat and almost less charitable to each other than they are to men. Um, But to see women in the light that we see Mama Mary, like this beautiful, good, virtuous, made for goodness. We are those women as well. Like we, Mm -hmm. God created us with this intentionality to be, to receive one another, to build each other up, to talk intentionally with each other, like your brain function encourages you to do so. So to, to approach yourself and the people you encounter 
with that mindset that we are, like I said earlier, made good Mm -hmm. and made for greatness. Even just, I think I made this point in my capstone somewhere, how there's a transcendental good throughout the body. We are true, good, and beautiful. And the Lord made us that way. So to see someone for the first time and think what you're saying, what you're doing is true. You are beautiful and you are so good. Having that, approaching people that way, mm-hmm. I think will probably be the most influential to yourself and your thought process and how you receive other people because you cannot dictate the way other people receive you. Mm-hmm. So if you receive with charity, eventually that can be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> and um, re- approaching people in that way mm-hmm. Um, places uh, creates a, an environment where their hearts can expand. Exactly, they feel safe, and that's what women are. So women good are at. so good at that, and it, um, and yeah, that's a, a truly a gift from the Lord, no mm-hmm. doubt. Um, yeah, I was thinking about my own example of complementarity that was really quite mm, stark for me uh, was uh, when I was raising my girls by myself in a Ponchatoula at St. Joseph's. Mm. I think I've mentioned this repeatedly, how um, I was held between the two big V vocations mm. of these beautiful marriages. Like the Lord in his providence, knowing what was coming in my life, dropped me in this neighborhood full of homeschooling families. And my whole life was within three blocks. Mm. The church was there, all the homeschooling families, my home, everything. Wow. Um, and so it was just very like a little um being in a um an incubator in a way and having lost that i'm especially because i'm a mother of four girls no boys in the house you can imagine i needed complementarity and the lord was very very good and i was thinking too colby like you said about how some of these relationships with women um had to change and I don't know if you've experienced this yet in your married life, because I know it's kind of new, but um, entering into relationship with a couple mm. who embraced our family through mm. like becoming, you know, in, inviting us into their family to help homeschool, to provide care and those kinds of things in our little neighborhood. Um, there were there was a deep intimacy with both of them as a couple. So I was safe in that way for deep mm-hmm. conversations, you know. Um, and a lot of times we were co-laboring together in ministry and that kind of thing. That was a beautiful gift to me to have that complementarity for myself and for my children mm-hmm. with the families. Mm-hmm. And then be working very closely with priests, both in the parish and then eventually in the diocese in different respects and through ECHO community. Um, again, that um, that father figure, you know, like that father, well, he's not just a father figure, he is a father, mm-hmm. you know, a spiritual father. That complementarity for myself and for my children um, on March for Life trips and Echo Camps and these other places, mm-hmm. just very beautiful gift um, at a time when it would have been, I, I, I can appreciate when I meet women who are in situations where they may not have that yep. and really wanting to connect them with healthy couples and priests who feel called to embrace women in those circumstances so yeah that was a beautiful gift for me i'll um, mm-hmm. i'll jump in with a couple of scenarios um 
first one being just a huge shout out. Um, as most people know who listen to our show or some of the new folks, um, we record this podcast and we are part of the Desarmo Foundation mm-hmm. um, here in Lafayette. And one of the ministries here is the Women's Center of Lafayette, where we see um, moms in crisis pregnancy situations and talk about um, what Emma was describing. I see that on a regular basis with our consultants coming mm-hmm. alongside. Mm-hmm and really befriending these women who are just looking for someone to understand their situation, uh, provide them with some help and some resources and kind of walk through Mm -hmm. the struggle of life that they're going through at this time um, is beautiful to that. And we see that happen so Mm -hmm. often. um, And and that's a witness to, to definitely having that connection between, um, you know, women in general and becoming friends. And then eventually that, friend of virtue at the end where there's trust involved um Mm -hmm. you know these are people that are truly coming alongside me and and helping me for my good Mm -hmm. um the other one um since i had a little time to think here Mm -hmm. knock the cobwebs out of the uh (laughs) the old mind up there is obviously um the situation here at the foundation i work directly with my wife she is right in the same office as me Mm -hmm. and what I thought of when you mentioned about the two different brain directions mm-hmm. is we have this clash um, <laughs> that comes up on a consistent basis, but I'm, I'm definitely going to talk to her about this and I'm going to say, hey, just listen to the podcast, but, <laughs> um, you know. No, no agenda, right? No agenda at all. <laughs> the, the ideas that I come up with and the, the creative side of it and the for me to be able to see the image of what I'm trying to explain to her comes much mm-hmm. quicker. And then her ability to be able to want to break it down into detail as to how do we go from mm-hmm. step A to step Z sometimes frustrates me, <laughs> i got to admit. And it frustrates her as well because mm-hmm. she wants to come alongside me and mm-hmm. work together in this project, but she can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then for lack of a whole bunch of different things I would imagine sometimes I can't verbally Ah. describe it in a way that it comes to a detail than the full vision Mm -hmm. at the time frame that she would like it to be (laughs) (laughs) you know because she's very busy she's the manager here um, and I do the content creation so my job is obviously more creative but I could certainly see where those two are kind of bouncing against each other Mm -hmm. but um, we know that we have a job to complete Mm -hmm. and so um, uh, uh, we we pray for a continued ability to um, as Kobe said so many times not want to compete about Mm -hmm. the idea that it's not so much about whose it is but it's the outcome of of what we're getting to you Mm -hmm. know so um, it's the dance. It is the dance, <laughs> yeah, that we walk through on yeah. that. So that's mm-hmm. something that goes on on a regular basis, yeah. yeah. And that's a great example of one of the first points I made about the brain. Not not one is better, but they both exactly complement each other for that end goal. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. you, you can, I don't say extrapolate, but like you are better at certain things. She is better at certain things. But there isn't like a scorecard that says you are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, the struggle I think sometimes though too is you know just the I think pride gets in our way. I definitely stumble on that, you know, and the, the little stones are yeah, right there. Sometimes they're so tiny, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. trip and fall, and it's like, it's my idea. I just want to get to the end of it, you know, that kind of thing. But the change, I got to admit, um, you know, uh, thirty-three years of marriage, and 
if we really collaborate together, it's usually one of the, the better things that mm-hmm. we've done. And so uh, I can honestly say, guys, if you, you know, a, as long as everybody's heart's in the right place, um, let her in. Just give give her a shot on the thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, going back to the value of having you both here as a couple, I know Mm. we've talked about it before, but I really would like to make a shout out to people who are listening. Like, the more we could get couples who might feel called Mm -hmm. to come and minister Mm -hmm. to the women and their families, um, it really is a call. Mm -hmm. I I really believe that. Um, It would be great to have more healthy couples who are embracing mm-hmm. this situation, you know, um, I think it would really stabilize uh, the women in a way that, not that we don't have a lot to stabilize them, yes. but it it gives them a real experience mm-hmm. of the complementarity and the beauty and the, and then the, the, the grace that's flowing from that sacrament. It's, they become spiritual parents yeah. in a sense, our, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to put them point. in with those women and their children who really many of them have not had that experience even yeah. in their home life mm-hmm. growing up so mm-hmm. anyway new ministry at, at uh, yeah. <laughs> Zarmo foundation let's see what miss brenda thinks about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. beautiful yeah all right well as we kind of wrap up uh i want to say thank you to emma for joining us any kind of things you wanted to maybe share that we didn't touch on or um last words of encouragement for those who are listening on the stuff that you studied one of the last things that my capstone brought up was uh, JPG's adequate anthropology in who mankind is as God created him to be. And as body-soul composites, our bodies make physical what is internal and spiritual within us. And complementarity is such a, a beautiful way that we get to see that body-soul composite because we're just, like, women are busting at the seams to make connections with people and really get to know someone um, and to see that manifest in the way that they get a cup of coffee and not take their eyes off of each Mm -hmm. other because they're so intentional with our conversation. Um, It's such a beautiful witness to the Lord and his mercy and his goodness. Um, Yeah. So I guess our closing words of advice are ladies, feel free to look around while you're driving. It's okay to see other things. (laughs) (laughs) And for <laughs> men to make eye contact when they speak. There you so. go. Yes. Sarcasm, but also kind of serious. Yeah. <laughs> good good summary. All right. mm-hmm. So, yeah, yes. we've had a, a great time. Thank you, Emma, for yes, coming. Of course. Thank you, thank you all for having me. Very generous of you. Um, yeah, thank so you. Handbook for Humanity, and we look forward to you joining us on our next episode. So please subscribe. Mm-hmm. If you have questions or comments, want to share anything, email us at mm-hmm. handbookfh1 at gmail.com. And we are so excited for you to join us uh, on the next things we'll develop for you. So thank you. And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we referenced and discussed in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We're available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations. Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. 
If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit desormofoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.